doesn't matter what week it is. All we care about, it's Cat Grizz week, finally. It only took 365 days, probably more, to get back to this week. And I haven't been able to sleep since last Sunday, Bear Tycoon. How about you? Dude, it is... It feels like a thousand days since the last Cat Grizz. We are here and... I think it's everything that we need to celebrate. It's Kakra's weekend. Let's go! Yes, and I think the... Woohoo! Right. Yeah, we're, not actually, we're not actually editing that in anymore. We're just actually playing it on our phones into the microphone. Yeah, we well, are someone low. is. We didn't get, uh, we didn't get a sponsorship uh, from Hotel Finland this year, so we've uh, had to go to just playing music off of our free Spotify accounts. Yeah, but also it's been it was a big weekend last week. I mean, look, Cats beat, beating UC Davis, that was not a insignificant win. Not only did it give the Cats a basically clinch for the playoffs, uh, not only did it allow the Cats to probably have their best win of the year, knocking off the preseason favorite UC Davis uh, Aggies in in uh, the Big Sky Conference, but it clinched. Hot Take Nate's bet that he made in early August. Yes, it did. Over seven and a half wins. We found a bookie that would allow him to place a $1,000 bet, $1,000 US dollars on the line that we set. Hot Take Nate hit the over with that UC Davis win. Celebrate. We did it. We did it. We all did that together. What else do we have to celebrate? We all did that together. We won nine hundred ninety. We did it together. That was minus one ten. So we, we did a pretty good job on that bet. So that was fantastic. That was awesome. I mean, that was. Uh, so I was able to bet the Grizz uh, on the over, but we set the line at six and a half wins, and they hit that a couple weeks ago. Little mini celebration there for the yep. low hanging fruit. Yeah, but that was that was a lot of fun. I celebrated that in the moment. But what else do we have to celebrate? This is well, it looks like the uh, best week yeah. of the year. Honestly, Nate, I don't want to interrupt you. I know you're you're le- you're the you're the lead dog you in this think. pack. You're the guy leading the podcast. Was. But I once was. This is the best week of the year. Cacris weekend. This is what we started Montana Mint Sports for. All of us, when we started this, only cared about our respective teams: the Grizz, the Cats. We start, and then we started this little dumb podcast a few years ago that built up to Cacra's Weekend. Now it is an event. We've been spending all this time all season. It's Cacra's Weekend. I'm flying into Bozeman. You're flying into Bozeman. I can't wait to see you. I can't wait to go to the game with you on Saturday. This is the best week of the year. Oh, Back it is. And I think that you forgot to celebrate one thing is that basically with that win last week, uh, Montana State over uh, UC Davis. Now both Montana State and Montana have punch their tickets to the postseason, the FCS playoffs, both Montana teams back in, back in the postseason. Montana State's been we there. We, we did it. Montana State did it last year. It's been a little while for the Grizz, so it's, it's nice for them to finally join us. So we're celebrating that as well. Oh, my God. We're both in the playoffs. And most importantly, so I don't want to – we can talk about the game in more detail in a second, but the Grizz going against number three in the country, Weber State, and not only winning – but dominating them was such a good feeling. There's only one thing I can say to that. We did it. The Grizz did it. It is incredible. I had no expectation for the Grizz beating Weaver State. I thought it was, I gave them maybe a 30% chance of winning that game. 30 to 40%. I thought Weber was the favorite. Vegas thought they were the favorite. Everyone thought they were the favorite. And the Grizz not only won, but dominated the game from beginning to end. It was so awesome to feel. Watching that Grizz game, and I know you were watching it because we were texting before you went into the UC Davis Stadium. What were you thinking as the Grizz just ran away with the game against Weber State? I actually was not watching. I was tailgating. You were watching the score. I was watching the score for sure. Yes, yes. I didn't have Root uh, root Sports on my phone, so I wasn't watching it there. But yeah, I was watching the score. I was very surprised. Uh, When the Grizz got out to uh, a quick start, I knew something was different. They were going to relinquish that lead. 
Uh, their slow starts uh, were nowhere to be found, so that was a pretty impressive win for the Grizz. I thought that uh, Weaver was a little bit banged up, and I thought that with the game being in Washington Grizzly, they had a lot better chance than 40% what you were thinking. I know you were trying to not reverse or not jinx your team and doing the whole reverse jinx, and it worked out really well this time. Uh, I thought that Weaver State, or I thought Montana had a lot better chance than you did uh, to beating Weaver. They obviously took care of business. Weaver did not look like the Weaver State that knocked, uh, knocked around Sacramento State earlier in the year. Uh, pretty fantastic win for the Grizz if you're a Grizz fan. I was hoping for something a little bit different, but I was definitely not surprised uh, when I saw that final score. Not surprised at all. No, I really wasn't. I, I honestly thought that game, being at Washington Grizzlies, seeing the way the Grizz had played in the second half of a lot of their games this year, um, and just knowing that Weaver was a little bit banged up after their, their previous game, I was not surprised to see the Grizz uh, we, and that's a, that's something that if uh, you would have asked me three or four weeks ago, I'd have said the Grizz didn't have any chance. But seeing the way that they've kind of improved as a team, how Weber, uh, some of the injury bug, uh, catching up to them just a little bit, uh, that's why I thought that the Grizz had a chance. And they obviously dominated them. And now they're number three in the country. Number three in the country. And, I mean, thank God, the Cats are number eight in the country. There are four ranked Big Sky teams all of them are in the top 10, which is insane. Insane. Montana, number three. Sac State, number four. Weber, number six. And those Bobcats, number eight. Um, I have a question for you about how we rank these four teams. But before we do that, everyone listening, you love everyone listening to this, Bob, this uh, podcast loves the Big Sky Conference. You love probably Montana, Montana State, based on kind of the listener numbers from where we're getting. You're not just like a Northern Arizona fan listening to this. You love these two schools. Um, how? Do, so first off, number one, Friday night, if you're coming to Cacris, Montana Mint Sports is hosting happy hour uh, at five o'clock somewhere, TBD in downtown Bozeman. So plan to join that. We'd love to have you. We have lots of listeners from the Grizz Fan Pod, from the Big Sky Big Takes Podcast that are coming to join. Everyone from the Montana Mint Sports Pod uh, fan base that is not part of those two. We'd love to have you. But Nate, I want to ask you this question. Montana, Sac State, Weber State. If they all three of those schools win this weekend, how do you rank them? If you are a voter in the FCS stats top 25, how do you rank those schools? Right now, it goes it's so hard. Montana 3, <laughs> Sac State 4, and Weber State 6. Rank it's, those for me if all three of them oh rank, win this weekend. It's so hard to do because each one of them beat the other one in, in a weird round robin of sorts. Um, I think you would have to rank Montana the highest of those three, the best of those three, because they would have beat the number eight team, Montana State, this weekend. Weaver State gets UC Davis, who I, or I'm sorry, uh, Sac State gets UC Davis in the Causeway Classic at home. It would be a good win for them, but it's not like you're beating the number eight team in the country. And then Weaver State gets lowly Idaho State. So I think if, uh, if Montana can get through this weekend with a win against the Cats, which I don't think is going to happen, but if they could, I think you ranked them the highest just because what they just did at the end of the season by beating number three at the time Weaver and then number eight at the time Montana State, you'd have to put them at the top of the big sky. Uh, in terms of rankings. Um, and then you'd have to probably go shoot Sac State and then Weber. I think that's right. But to Sac State's credit, the wins that they've had this year against Eastern Washington yeah, at Montana State, hosting Montana. Uh, You're right. All those schools were in the top 10 when they beat them. Yeah, that's a good point. And it, but I mean, the most recent of those was October. 19th when Montana was in Sacramento. Uh, and, and I think this is, comes back to how rankings it's recency power yeah. rankings. Uh, it, it's not recency bias necessarily. Like that is part of it, but it is rankings are sticky. And we look back on, you know, when the Grizz beat UC Davis in week four or five in the moment, that seemed like a huge win. Yes. But when you have a few weeks removed from that, it is just, it's a good win. It's a quality win. The Cats win against UC Davis, of course, was a great win. But that is not how you judge someone. Like, we are now, we're in the last week of the season. We can look back with some absolute hindsight and say how good these wins were. Sac State's win against Eastern Washington, that that was a good win. But that was not a great win, which we thought it was on At the October time. 5th. Yeah. Yeah. 
No, I think I just think you're right. It's recency, and it's but it's also the way you're playing at the end of the season. The Grizz, if they won this weekend, uh, again I preface that or I don't know if what do you do when you after you say it, but uh, I say that I think the Cats are going to win. I've said it before, but um, yeah, if the Grizz win again against the Cats, they're playing the best football in the Big Sky, and that's why you put them up there. It's not really what they've done the rest of the season. I think you're ranking the teams where they're at now, right? You know, in the season. The funny part about the nice part about it is Sacramento State getting all the way up to number four after just being totally unranked and not even close to being ranked until like week six of this season. They're fine. They got their due, and they're up at four. You're right, though. You forget about all those wins that Sac State had. Like you honestly, like you said, it was over a month ago. It was October nineteenth, uh, so a month uh, to yesterday. We're recording this on Wednesday the twentieth, so it was a month ago yesterday that they had one of those signature wins because they got Cal Poly, they lost to Weber State, uh, and then they beat Northern Arizona, and then they beat Idaho. So after that Montana game, they had the loss to the only other ranked team, and then and beat the teams they were supposed to in Cal Poly, Northern Arizona, and Idaho. And so you forget about that run that they had to open up their conference season, Eastern Montana state, Montana, uh, which was maybe one of the best runs we thought we had ever seen in big sky history for a team that was unranked. Right. Um, so you just kind of forget about what kind of strong season they had and how they took us by storm because we just really haven't been paying attention to a ton of their games since that Montana one and that Weaver one, but then Thompson got hurt. You just haven't been paying attention to them and I'm guilty of it too. I forget about them already. And that's well, the problem with the, that. That's the problem with Sac state yeah. too, is that they have one good year this year. And you just totally forget about them once they stop beating those upper tier teams because you're just but so used to forgetting them. Exactly. And I mean, they have been, we've, you and I have been following the Big Sky Conference since long before Sac State was a member of the conference. But just, just before the season started, I mean, we just celebrated your big win over seven and a half wins on uh, the Bobcats. Sac State, Montana Parlay, and I spent, I mean, combined probably like, an embarrassing amount of hours, I would guess like, I'm going to say like six hours is probably more like 18 hours figuring out what we honestly thought the Vegas odds were for over under wins for every single big sky conference team. We said Sac state at two and a half. Is that okay? insane? Going into this. It's insane. We, no, but so that's insane, but going, so that was going into the season. This is Sac state two and a half. That's it. The craziest thing about it is that until October 5th, okay, when they beat Eastern Washington. So on October 4th of this year, that is seven weeks ago, our over-under line at two and a half seemed reasonable. They had beat Southern Oregon and Northern Colorado. They had lost two FBS games. And then they had, which was unquestionably at the time, the toughest Big Sky schedule. And there was no reason to believe that they would beat anyone else in the big sky. It is insane to believe that not only did we think Sac state was going to win two and a half wins at the beginning of the season, the first of October this year, we thought that was correct. And if you look at the power rankings that the big sky podcast network put out, Sac state was towards the bottom at the end of September this year. That is insane. Yeah, it's been it's just been a remarkable run, and it, it's I mean it's reminiscent of the UC Davis run last year. It's reminiscent of the Southern Utah run three or four years ago. It's always fun to see it, and you never know who's going to do it. And you know, you do your preseason rankings, and um, some people, you know, you just, it's impossible to get them right. And so I'll say that that uh, you should never make fun of anybody for their preseason rankings, uh, no matter how bad they are. Yeah, when just you to, called Montana the number 18. Yeah, if uh, someone did that, I mean, you just have to chalk that one up to, you know, Montana probably overperformed uh, what their offseason expectations were. So, you know, if you put them at eight, you know, it's, it's all right. You didn't, you were going off of, you know, maybe a little bit of your gut and there was probably no bias there and you just did it to, uh, you know, you thought thought it was right. And you got that when they took six last year, you got it right. The person who ever voted for them eighth probably got it right when they voted for him six last year. So you kept trusting your gut and, uh, you know, you have to commend that person for that and being, uh, brave enough to put the Grizz at eighth. Uh, obviously wasn't the right pick, but you know, uh, also luckily conferences aren't one with preseason rankings. Super brave. And I mean, it is just, I mean, I don't want to dwell on this. If Montana was the number eight team right now, if they drop from number one, which they are down to number eight, they would be sandwiched between Northern Arizona and Idaho. Both yeah. teams that have just really cleaned up on the big sky schedule. Yeah, I mean, uh, it would be quite the fall. I don't think it's mathematically possible for them to get down there. 
uh, at this point in the season. But, uh, you know, looking at their schedule at the beginning of the year, you thought Montana might have an off year again and maybe need one more year to RTD. Um, but apparently not. Apparently, you know, they, uh, they're they a good team. And it, was, it, it caught a lot of people by surprise, especially that voter who voted for them number eight. <laughs> and, you know, <laughs> I, I hate polls. Yeah. So um, yeah. maybe maybe that voter was trying to sabotage the polls. I don't know. I can't speak for that voter. Um, if there that was a voter. If there was a voter that did that. But... <laughs> Yeah, it's uh, it was quite the regular season. I know that we, I mean, this already feels like the playoffs to me. You know what I mean? Like you, you, totally. as a Montana and a Montana State fan, you you get done with that whatever tenth game of the year, or however many games we're into it. It was the we get done with the seventh game. We're going into the eighth game, which is eighth conference game, uh, which is the brawl, and it just turns into a playoff atmosphere. It's all playoffs. You don't even think of this as regular season. This is something that you put on your calendar. Um, at the beginning of the year when the schedule's released and you see what time the games are and it's finally here and nothing else in the Big Sky matters this week um, at all. Nothing. It's just, it's so fun to be here and it's, uh, so one thing I thought was interesting and we kind of covered it on Twitter a few times was that, so Montana being number ranked number three, Montana State number eight, even in uh, this decade, not quite the um, best rankings for both teams going into this game. Do you remember what year that was when there was a better ranking for these two in the uh, combined ranking. Uh, it has to be the year the Cats were ranked number one. Yep. Do you remember what the, that was? So that was 2011. Montana State um, the ran, Grizz, through their, ran through their guessing, Big Sky schedule. I'm guessing rank number six. No, close. Number seven. Okay. So yeah, November so 19th, combined, 2000. So the combined number eight this year were uh, combined 11. It is so awesome. And... Well, can, finish your point. I have a lot to say about how good. Oh, no, no. It's just awesome. And, and uh, I just remember, I'll never forget. I think that year, Montana State getting to number one. I can't remember what team it was that had the one and two team, maybe even in the FCS lost uh, the week before the Cats got to that number one ranking. So it kind of propelled the Cats up to number one. I don't think they were quite deserving of that number one ranking that year. Grizz came in and absolutely killed them. It was 36 to 10. But the best part about this game is it never happened. <laughs> yeah deleted nope, from the record books forgot yeah if you look on wikipedia there is it's grayed out change the text no, yep. it's not grayed out they've they found like the shortcut to do the strikeout of all the letters yeah so it's insane yeah so the 2011 brawl never happened uh montana state <laughs> should have been ranked number one going into that next week it's the cool part i remember this uh very vividly uh Montana State dropped the number seven, and they hosted number eleven New Hampshire in the uh, first round of the playoffs. Well, it would have been the second round, I guess. And yeah, they probably had a buy. Yeah, they had a buy, and so New Hampshire came to town. It was freezing cold in Bobcat Stadium. Uh, ESPN three was there. Montana State won twenty six to twenty five that game. New Hampshire's kicker missed an extra point, uh, basically with no time left on the clock to seal the oh, win yeah. for the for the Cats. Uh, we were staying, you know, we were staying in a room at the old, uh, not the Grand Tree. What the hell was it? There was a city center. There was the city center inn or whatever it was right downtown. It's no longer there. I think they tore it down. It's like where the Black Angus was too. And uh, uh-huh. all of the uh, locks into the rooms on the second floor of that hotel uh, defaulted and like basically just blanked out so nobody could get into their <laughs> rooms. And so everybody had been drinking all day because that was a, um, you know, the game got over at four or five. It was on ESPN3. Everybody was jacked yeah. up. Uh, everybody just started passing out and sleeping outside their rooms. You just look down the hallway and there's just people bundled up, just sleeping outside their rooms at like eight o'clock at night. Cause nobody could get into the rooms. Uh, it was a fantastic, fantastic, uh, just visual. And I wish I could just put that into everybody's minds, just seeing rows of people just sleeping in hallways, uh, of the city center. Um, yeah, we did get a free yeah, room I mean, for the I next mean, week. And Sammy's honestly, honestly, just a, tremendous preview of my weekend and your weekend we're about to experience in bozeman yeah and two years ago when the game was in bozeman we were all there we got a um we got a house so it was a little bit different by by every by legal definitions yes a house but i cannot believe this structure exists in gallatin county it was a not nice house inside was very nice Outside was not very The nice. bathroom door was a uh, plastic door that only halfway shut. It was a barn door that fell off the hinges, yeah. which is why it only halfway <laughs> shut. So that sucked. And then the pilot light, and we're just all over the place tonight on this, but we're just so excited that, you know, your mind kind of starts screwing around on you. But um, the uh, pilot light went out on the furnace that was in the in the front room. 
And yeah. so it got to about probably 10 degrees that night. And <laughs> inside the house got down to like 33, 34 degrees. We were dying inside. So um, Scotty Mint comes back to the house after a, a long night out at the bars. <laughs> and decides he wants to try and light the pilot light. At 2 in the oh morning. God. Uh, pretty faded. Uh, not a good idea. I was in the I was in my bedroom, like just hearing the lighter going, and I was like, "This is it. This is the end of me. This this place is going to blow up." And uh, yeah. luckily, he could not figure out how to relight the pilot light. Uh, we survived the night. We did wake up in the morning to uh, being able to see your breath in the house, but um, just memories. Uh, pretty good memories from Cat Grizz two so years ago. I- I have a, a memory of that exact same house, that exact same weekend. And it is, so Scotty Mint, who we, you know, that's not his real last name. We're kind of, we are not going to give his real last name, but our house was probably like 15 blocks from downtown, right? Yeah. It, it wasn't, it wasn't far from downtown, but it was a little too far to walk. And we all left. We couldn't find Scotty. We all got back to the house and we're like in our pajamas, ready to go. <laughs> just a big old slumber and we party. Had, we had just a big old slumber party telling ghost stories. We didn't know where Scott was though. And I called him up and we, you and I were waiting for Domino's pizza. You guys and were, I was, the I was dead. We were all in the house. Me, you. Oh, this is night Luke. one. This is night one. This is Friday. Night. Yeah. Yes, waiting yes. for Domino's pizza to be delivered. Yep. And it's like, all right, we have, Four pizzas coming for the four of us. Like, we're good to go. Scott calls me a few minutes before our pizzas are delivered. He's like, hey, I am trying to find where our house is. I don't really remember how to get there. Uh, my phone's about to die. I am going to Domino's. Will <laughs> you call? I'm going to. In, in, in Bozeman, they have just a standalone, like, delivery center. He's like, I'm going to walk in there. Will you call pizzas to our house and I'll just catch a ride with them? And it's like, yeah, we're going to try this. And it worked. It worked. He somehow he somehow got into a Domino's car right before <laughs> it left the pizza place. And he made it back to our Airbnb based on your and I's order. One of the it was pretty highlights of any Cacra's weekend. Yes, yes. We'll have many more memories this weekend. I'm pretty excited about that. Where were we? Where were we? You were going to mention something as I was talking about the 2011 season. I don't know. Um, Should we go to Montana Parlay? If you want to go to now, we're only 22 minutes in. We might scare everybody off. Okay. So here's what we're going to do. I think we've talked a lot about the game, what we're expecting this weekend. I don't think we've talked anything about the game. Yeah. I don't know. We haven't even talked a minute about the game. I think we've mostly talked about memories, some celebrations. Um very little about the games last weekend. Okay. All well, right. Here, this is what we're going to do. Drive the ship, man. No, this is what we're going to do. I'm back in command here. We are going to throw it over to Montana Parlay for his Parlay's picks, his special Cat Grizz edition. I think this one's going to be a little bit longer than normal, which is just fine because, um, you know, it, it's too fantastic of a week to be mad at anybody for talking for too long. So we're going to throw it over to Parlay's <laughs> picks. While Parlay is talking and doing this, we are going to do some company business and figure out how to land this ship. We're 23 minutes into the podcast. We have a little bit to go, but we are going to go over a little agenda. We're going to let Montana Parlay uh, give us that time to really put this together and give you this second half of the show uh, that is worthy of a Cat Grizz show. Does that sound good, Bear Tycoon? Yeah. All right. We'll see you in a second. We're sending it to Montana Parlay. Welcome to a very special Cat Grizz edition of Parlay's Picks. I'm Montana Parlay. Before we get into the nitty-gritty breakdown of Saturday's matchup, let's have a little fun with our picks. As was mentioned by Hot Take Nate on Big Sky Big Takes yesterday, there could be absolute chaos in the Big Sky after this weekend. A five-way tie at the top. In order for that to happen... MSU has to beat U of M. Eastern Washington has to win, which they should. UC Davis has to knock off Sac State. And the lowly Idaho State has to knock off Weber. A four-way parlay 
on those teams to win. MSU plus 160, Eastern minus 600, UC Davis plus 255, and ISU plus 750 pays out over 90 to 1. If you like chaos, if you like narratives, put 10 bucks on that. If it hits, you got $900. You can send me 50. We'll have a great time. All right, on to more serious matters. Let's talk first about the over-under for Cat Grizz, which is currently at 54 total points. It's a great starting point because you know what? In 2018 and 2017, exactly 54 points were scored in the Cat Grizz game. Now, if we look backwards to 2008, because that is the start of when every Cat Grizz game was played on field turf. The Cats installed theirs in 2009. So since then, the total points have been less than 54 eight times. Only one time has the point total gone over 54. That was in 2015 when 89 points were scored. You throw in 17 and 18, and you have two ties on that total of 54. Rivalry games between these two teams often are grinded out nervous affairs. If you like betting over-unders, trends, history, everything points towards bet that under. All right. Now, let's talk a little bit about stats. In fact, let's talk more how stats can be deceiving. In the Big Sky Conference and the FCS as a whole, common opponents are hard to come by. It's very hard to tell who a team is based on their statistics. You got a great run D like the Grizz? Or are teams passing to catch up with your great offense? The opposite is true. Do you have a bad pass defense or are teams passing a lot to catch up to your offense? Reasons like this are why I don't necessarily trust stats in the FCS. It comes down to watching film, the eye test, how good is the pass rush, run lane discipline, home field advantage in the big sky outside of the Cat Grizz game, motivation, matchups, QBs, and coaching. With all those factors at play, I am leaning strongly towards the Grizzlies at minus five. I might have said something differently on the pod yesterday. That was my heart speaking. My head says Grizzlies minus five. However, no self-respecting cat fan would ever bet on the Grizzlies minus five. You're just asking for the worst possible outcome. A close, close heartbreaking game or a garbage backdoor cover where the cats not only lose by one, two, three, or four points, but you also lose your bet. Cat fans do not bet the Grizzlies minus five doesn't matter how much you don't believe in your team. Grizz fans, jump on that five number now because I am almost certain it will get to seven by game day. My bet, my absolute lock of the year is a parlay. In parlays, I know what the sharps say, but this parlay is a lock. NAU at home against the Fighting Petrinos is minus 160 on the money line. The University of Montana Grizzlies in Dalton Sneed's senior year, Bobby Houck's second year, Cats have won three in a row. The Grizz have had a much, much tougher schedule, are more battle-tested. The Cats have struggled against the likes of Cal Poly and North Dakota. 
They have a QB, their worst QB since Bleskin in 2011 when they were blown up. Excuse me, 2014. I have blacked that year out when they were blown out of the water. It doesn't look great for the Cats this weekend. That Grizz money line, minus 210. You parlay the Grizz with NAU to win outright. It pays plus 140. We're putting 100 minties on that. It pays out 240. We're coming into the playoffs. Cats still survive to make the playoffs. And we've got a bankroll. That'll do it for this week's picks. I'm Montana Parlay. All right, thank you to Montana Parlay for uh, breaking up our show, giving us some picks for the week, uh, opining like he always does. I might have to slow the trumpets down for that one, but all right, we are going to uh, to bring this home. And, you know, we kind of started talking. We don't know really what happened in that first 23 minutes. I think we both blacked out from excitement, but first things first. Did you see that game, Montana State-UC Davis, last weekend? I saw Montana State look real good in the first half, and I fell asleep through the second half. But you were there. Well, they looked even better in the second half. I was there. It was a fantastic night. So first end of the first half, colossal disaster. Oh, the the field goal was a horrible. So, well, yeah, it was a great throw by uh, Rovig to Cassis. Cassis was on fire uh, all game. He's from that area, so it's kind of a homecoming of sorts for him. Uh, And, yeah, they got down to like the 5, 10-yard line with three seconds left. The clock stops, obviously, on the first down. The refs um, set the ball. Montana State sprints out their field goal team instead of their offense just to try and uh, spike the ball. They go for the field goal. The snap is a little bit late. Cho was really, really mad about something. I honestly don't know what he was mad about. It didn't look like they got the snap off in time. I don't know if he thought that they uh, um, placed the ball too quickly. And uh, I really don't know what happened, but Cho was pretty pissed. Leon Costello, the AD, the athletic director, was on the sideline. He wasn't very happy with the refs right there. I really don't know what they were complaining about. It was a colossal mistake, but it uh, luckily didn't come back to bite them in the second half. Uh, in the second half, Montana State didn't allow uh, UC Davis to get a first down after their final score. Uh, that was early in the, in the third quarter. So the Montana State defense stepped up. Jake Mayermeyer threw for zero touchdowns. Yep. Uh, one of the first, not many times in, the, in his career did he has he been uh, limited to zero touchdowns through the air. So it was a really fun game to watch on the defensive side. They were flying around again. They made the stops they needed to. UC Davis had a lot of drops that uh, definitely – contributed to them not getting any first downs. There's a lot of third downs where they could have had, and there were some drops and bad passes. But all in all, the defense was fantastic for the Cats. Rovig looked serviceable. Um, he made some horrible, horrible throws. Uh, one on a screenplay, he dropped his arm slot, threw it side uh, sidearm, and threw it literally right into a lineman's chest. How it didn't get picked off, we <laughs> us and the, the fans, we have no idea how it didn't get picked off. And you kind of looked around the stands, and we were kind of we were sitting by some players' parents, not Tucker Rovick's parents, but sitting by some parents. Uh, and you could see the eye rolls starting a little bit. I'm not going to say whose parents. I'm not going to say anything. But you could tell there's some frustrations with the parents with the quarterback play uh, for Montana State. And the, this game was no exception. He did throw for over 200 yards, but most of that was because Kevin Cassis is a beast at the wide receiver position. And it's too bad we never gave him a quarterback that could consistently throw to him. But it was a really fun game to watch um, and be a part of. Yeah, and I mean, it is – look. You guys have had a string of pretty easy wins playing Northern Colorado, Southern Utah, and it's kind of easy to dismiss what the Cats have done over the past few weeks, but wins are wins. And if you look at, you know, number three in the country, University of Montana Grizzlies, when they played UC Davis, UC Davis only scored 20 points. When the Cats played them, even better, 17 points. Yeah. Now, the Grizz, I mean, of course, scored 45 points. The Cats, 27. But these are both very good wins. A plus one. Oh, for sure. Yeah, it was, a, it was a good one to come out of. I was feeling pretty confident going into the game. It was pretty surprising, actually. I looked um, online, and the, the betting line right before the start of the game was Montana State plus five. So the Cats weren't getting any respect from the betting, yeah. uh, the betting sites, the offshore accounts, whoever was setting that line. They were getting no respect there. Um, I knew it wasn't going to be, I mean, I had the confidence that the cats were going to win. I took a money line, um, online and I should be making parlays picks probably, but 
it was just a, it was fun to see that win. Everybody was in really good spirits afterwards. And why wouldn't you be you just have a three game winning streak going into cat Grizz um, after coming off two losses. So it was pretty fantastic. And I did want to mention one thing about UC Davis, fantastic facilities there. Super. You nice. saw my picture. Yeah. Uh, oh, I mean, that's so it's about a, I, I, Fantastic. We retweeted that. I think we just took, we didn't even retweet it. We took the picture that you yeah, saw. Yeah, I didn't get any credit for that, that actually at all. Mint, uh, yeah. Sports. Twitter I got no tweet. photo credit at all. But it is UC Davis. If you are a sophomore in high school listening to this and you can go to UC Davis, you should do it. It is for free. That place good is weather, a top notch university. Good weather. Yeah. Gorgeous. Great setting, city. And now out of nowhere, a competitive football team. Yeah, and and not only was the state so the stadium holds about ten thousand. It was renovated, I think, maybe ten years ago. But it, it's really nice. It's an in uh, you know in ground stadium, uh, bowled out. They have the lawn on the two end zones where kids are running around oh, playing. Like it was really kind of a, it was a really fun. Yeah, it was fun atmosphere. A fantastic video board about twice the size of Montana State's. They played great music during like between every play. There was some hip hop music going on, some music going on. It was like a it was like almost being like an NBA game in the sorts. They had a student in the stands doing contests. They were doing t-shirt kinds. Like it was really a well-run production. I was super impressed. Yeah. Um, we went with a couple people that uh, really have no affiliation with Montana State or UC Davis. And they had a blast too just because of the atmosphere and the game day uh, production that they put on. Montana State could learn some stuff from how UC Davis put that game on. Uh, it was just a really, really fun time. Uh, great atmosphere. They serve beer at this stadium as well. Oh, Best. So that was even more fantastic. And the prices weren't outrageous like they were a week earlier at the Washington State Cal game. It was just a fantastic day, a fantastic night. We tailgated. There was no tailgate atmosphere. That's a you know a demerit. But just a fantastic experience at that UC Davis game. Uh, 70 degrees at kickoff. Got down to probably 55 by the time the game was over. It was just absolutely perfect night for some football. Uh, the Cats came away with it. I got a little bit of a buzz, and it was fantastic. Congratulations, one. Um, two, so the Big Sky Conference, I think, is so close to being the most not only exciting conference in, in the FCS, but like objectively the most fun to watch. And crowd For size, sure. crowd size and uh, fan involvement is a big part of it, right? Like if you're watching a Mac game on Wednesday night and there's no one in the stadium, it detracts from kind of the overall experience. Like you want fans there. UC yes. Davis has shown that if they have some success, they can fill up their nice stadium, right? Yes, definitely. Sac State, and it's such a, State, it's such a massive a big, university too. Totally, they have the numbers oh, of yeah, people. Yeah, yeah, I mean, it should be massive. Sac State is obviously more of a commuter school than Davis. Um, yes, but we've seen a couple times this year that when there's big games. Their fans show, show up, up in major numbers. Yeah, and this weekend's this weekend's game, UC Davis Sac State, is going to be a sellout easily um, in in Sacramento with both of them having the seasons that they've had. I mean, I know Davis isn't going to make the playoffs or anything like that. Sac State is, but this is going to be a one where UC Davis is want to go over there and, and knock Sacramento State up a little bit. And it's you can pull those kind of people in the region that they're in with so many people. And, uh, you know, Sac State's facilities are nowhere near Davis's, and that's what I think made Davis's so impressive was it's just a really nice stadium, a fun atmosphere. They got a good crowd there. Just a great game day atmosphere. It was fun. Absolutely. And if you look at the – so, all right, top – if you look at all 13 Big Sky schools, and, and let's throw North Dakota in there. So we're looking at these 14 schools. All right. Top six okay. – right now in the big sky conference are Montana, Sac state, Weber, Montana state, Eastern Washington, UC Davis. Those are the three schools with the best fan bases and like For the sure. most excitement. And they're also the top six in the division. North Dakota is probably, they might have a, they might make the playoffs, but I would say they're, if they were in the conference, they'd be number seven in that list in terms of talent and also uh, popularity. But, like, that's a good conference to build off of, those seven teams. For sure. And I think when people are talking about, like, which which teams you'd want to get rid of if we condense this, the uh, conference back to eight teams or nine teams or however we wanted to do it. And after this weekend, because we haven't played a game at UC Davis uh, for three or four years, um, and I was, I was at that last time that they played at Davis. I didn't really remember it as well as this. It was also hot as hell out, and so we were baking in the seats. But – uh, you don't 
kick Davis out of this conference if you decide to you know contract or put into two divisions. These guys are building something there. They have a brand new, uh, basically the, the football operations building going in, just like you know Weber did, Montana State's doing, uh, U of M did. You don't kick them out because they're going to be a bell cow in the conference when it comes to facilities, making us look good on TV, making us look good as a conference and FCS as a whole. So very impressed with Davis. It was um, just in that 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 sense. So uh, really fun Saturday, and I'm so glad we came out of, uh, of out of that one with a win. And basically knocked Davis out of any playoff hopes. And that was one thing I didn't know how Davis was going to show up with that intensity with it's a must-win game. The Cats had another chance this weekend if they would have lost the Davis game, then Montana State would have had a chance to yeah. beat the Grizz in the brawl to get in the playoffs. This was Davis's single elimination tournament right here. And Montana State handled their intensity, handled the situation, and Davis is done-done. Yeah, I mean, Davis had five wins, FCS wins. The Cats had seven. So Davis had to win out just to match where the Cats were. Yes. And so that I yep. mean, that win was huge. And the Cats could have, like, theoretically made the playoffs had they lost this tough game the against next Davis. The next two, theoretically, yeah. Lost in the brawl, but they guaranteed themselves with eight FCS wins a spot in the playoffs. It's awesome. So let me yeah, ask so you that this. Was, that was just fantastic. If we were, so let's say the Big Sky Conference, we wanted to be 10 teams. We just agreed on the top six, Mon- the two Montana schools, Sac State, Weber, Eastern, Davis. Yeah. How do you fill out the rest of a 10-team conference in your Teams that you can choose from, Portland State, Northern Arizona, the two Idaho schools, Southern Utah, Northern Colorado, Cal Poly. Give me four teams. Well, we play we, – we need – well, actually, we need three teams. If we're going to play eight conference games, you could put nine teams in the conference. But we're going to so. go ten teams overall, so. Oh, well, that would still lead to an unbalanced schedule, though. All right. All right. Well, give me three teams then. <laughs> Let's go to nine. <laughs> so, if we do that, so you go Montana, Sac State, Weber, Montana State, Eastern Washington, Davis – I think you just have to – you get three more, you, you kick Portland State out, you keep Northern Arizona and the two Idaho schools just for the rivalry. You let Portland State go find somebody else or just drop their football program altogether. You get rid of Southern Utah, Northern Colorado, and Cal Poly. And you keep any, and you, you keep an original member in NAU and you keep the two Idaho schools for the rivalry. So you, now you have Montana-Montana State rivalry. You have Sac State-Davis rivalry. You have Idaho-Idaho State. And you just keep all of these intact and you just get rid of the shitty Portland State that it played a high school stadium. And you get rid of Southern Utah, Northern Colorado, and Cal Poly, the three teams that literally nobody cares when their teams play them. So I agree on some of that, but not all of it. I agree that we should probably keep Northern Arizona. They're just, well, I said that, yes. You, all right, so that's one, one agreement. Okay, marking it down the book. But when you look at the rest of the schools, if I have to choose three more out of this bunch. Two more now. Two more. All right. Yeah, we're doing nine. Two more. So I chose in <laughs> Northern Arizona because I think they're consistently good. I'm also choosing Cal Poly, who you left off their list. That is why they are the biggest school in the Big Sky Conference. Enrollment wise? I think besides UC Davis, yeah. They're huge. Oh, well, besides UC Davis. But, I mean, they are... Yeah, but nobody cares about them. That's the thing. Is like That's a that's a school where if you see them on Root Sports or even on Pluto, you're like, wow, we're watching Central California high school football in that stadium. I mean, the, the production is not great. But in terms of we're looking for seven... You know, so we have seven schools. We, or six schools. We named three more. Who's going to be good for the conference? I feel like Cal Poly is consistently interesting enough. Not this year. They're the most boring team in the big sky. But I mean, running their... Perennially. Running their uh, option offense. Somewhat interesting. So, Northern Arizona... I don't know... (laughs) It's not interesting at all. I don't know if I put Cal (laughs) Poly... Well, interesting in a theoretical standpoint. I don't know if I put Cal Poly in. So, your other schools... I agree. Northern Colorado, Southern Utah. See you later. Um, Idaho, look, there's no funnier school in the Big Sky Conference than Idaho. They are... You have to keep them. They are so hilariously bad in everything they've done this year. Not a good win, not a good loss. I guess maybe Eastern Washington, but even that's been diminished. They are the funniest team in the Big Sky Conference. I think you have to keep them because they do have an engaged 
delusional fan base. When the Grizz were playing Idaho, we were getting chirped at by Idaho accounts, Idaho fan accounts. When the Grizz were playing UC Davis, when the Grizz were playing Weber State, how many times did the Mint Sports account get uh, chirped at? Zero, probably. Zero. It is, Idaho has good fans. So Idaho, I think, is in. I think Northern Arizona is in. And then I, it, it's a three-way tie between Portland State, who it would be cool if they got good. I feel like that would do well in the city if they got good all of a sudden. Northern Arizona. Oh, no. Portland State, Idaho State, who is always – they got a decent fan base too. And then Cal Poly, who has a giant, giant fan base, is con- consistently okay. Yeah, but the, the the problem is enrollment and fan base don't some, don't always match up. Yep. Uh, get rid of Cal Poly. They're dog. All right. Get rid of them. All right, so we kind of talked about the Weber State game earlier. In the, did you have anything else you wanted to talk about on that Weber game? Anything that stood out to you, like Sammy Torre being an absolute beast, uh, Dalton Sneed swagger, like anything you wanted to talk about? All I want to say is that the Grizz lived up to all expectations in that game. They uh, not only did they dominate, and like I feel like thirty-five to sixteen is deceptive of how much the Grizz blew them out. There is one point where the guys I were watching the game with, we were like, "All right, the Grizz could win by fifty, and they should win by fifty just to stomp Weber State." Like they had a chance. They kind of took their foot off the gas, which is probably the right move. Um, but it is, it's just a, a giant, giant win. You can't overstate how big of a win this is for the Grizz. This is the uh, highest ranked team that have come, that came into Missoula since North Dakota State in 2016. The Grizz not only beat them, but they manhandled them. It, it Montana deserves the ranking they have. Weber State was as good as the ranking they had. And it's just, uh, uh, I don't know, the Grizz really showed up. And it's the first time in probably like four years that I'm excited. Yeah, no, it was a great win for them. And again, uh, I talked about Montana State getting that momentum going into Cat Grizz, and it's no different than the Grizz getting this momentum going into Cat Grizz. And there's been times in the past, I can't remember exactly what years, but you know, either Montana State would have a bye week going into the Cat Grizz game or the Grizz would have that bye week. And as a fan, I love this so much more. Two weeks of not having a game and then going into Cat Grizz always sucked. And I have to think that these two teams are coming in sharp with momentum, no week off. Uh, which makes this weekend's game even more exciting and just, uh, I mean, it's so important. The one thing, so kind of switching tracks over to the actual game this weekend, the reason for the season. Wait, can I, hold basically, on one second. Oh, I yeah, make yeah. more point? Oh, for sure, Weber yes. State, just emphasizing how Please. big the win this was. I'm sorry to interrupt. Um, oh, it's fine. Weber State's two games that they lost before they met the Grizzlies they were both against FBS schools. And on average, and actually in both games exactly, they lost by six points. That was the only loss on Weber State's schedule. The Grizzlies, an FCS school, beat them by 19 points. So it's San Diego State at Nevada, at Montana. Montana, what they were able to do against this team is much bigger than what two FBS schools were able to do against Weber State. Yes. Yeah. No. They. They. Man, you can't take anything away from the Grizz. It was a little bit. It's a. It is a little bit scary. A little bit concerning going into this game, seeing what they did to Weber State. And uh, you know, I hope. I just uh, this weekend, Montana State looks healthy. Isaiah Fonse came back uh, in that game against Davis, which, uh, which was fantastic. Troy didn't look as hobbled. There were some times he was coming off the field and limping, like he has done a lot this season. You know, they're running him a lot. You know, he's playing – I mean, he's just a gamer, but he he was limping a little bit. But Isaiah Fonte coming back was huge for the Cats. They have yeah. so many guys that can run the ball. It's I, – I, it really is going to be interesting to see how the Cats come out in uh, – if you want to transition to the Cat Grizz game. It's going to be really interesting to see what the Cats do in, in that first possession when they come out. Who's going to be behind center? Is it going to be Travis Johnson and the Wildcats? Is it going to be Troy kind of in that traditional uh, come out and pound you? Or are they going to put Rovic out there and try and game – you know, scheduled out the first 20 plays and see if Rovic can get him some momentum through the air and open up that running game. So everybody being healthy right now for the most part uh, for the cats is something that I am very, very thankful for going into this game. Yeah. I mean, it, this is best case scenario, right? Like we don't know about Sammy Akem going into the game, but overall, and he is like, you know, a top 
three or four receiver in all the Big Sky Conference, maybe the FCS. But overall, the schools, Montana, Montana State going into this game healthy, that is all we can ask for. It's what you want. It is. Yeah, and, and that way there's no exactly going into the game at least, and we hope, we obviously hope, I'm knocking on wood as I talk, that there's nothing that happens during the game to a – to an elite player, you know, you don't want Snead or you don't want Anderson or you don't want any of uh, a Cam or Cassis or any of those guys going down, obviously, but you just hope it's nice having everybody healthy. You don't have to worry about the shit talking about how, oh, you know, you guys got us because there was an injury. You know, it's going to be fun because it is a he- two healthy teams, yeah. two top 10 teams, and it's what it's what you want if you're a fan of, you know, the Cats and Grizz, obviously, but the big sky as a whole. So, Man, it's it, it's going to be fantastic, and I think the key to the game is Montana State needs to rely on their run game, and they can't rely on Tucker Ovick, which I don't think they are anymore. I think Choate realized that, that you can't can't uh, rely on him to do anything, really. So he's got to be that game manager and be able to complete the passes when they ask him to, but Montana State's just going to have to make sure that they they are able to ground and pound it like they have in the years past against the Grizz. Well, I mean, that I think that has to be kind of his game plan going into it, but... The Bobcats have a a big hurdle to overcome, and in this game in particular, because they already clinched the playoffs, they are almost guaranteed just kind of like, look, we're playing this weekend, we're going to play the weekend after. Even if they beat the Grizz, they have a good case for a bye, but they're not guaranteed a bye in the playoffs, right? Yeah. So if I'm Jeff Choate, I know the value of this game, and I've said this on... Uh, Big Sky Big Takes last night. I I said it I think on our podcast last week, and I've been I've been calling for it for for weeks and months. Is I think Jeff Choate does not even try to like kid around with Tucker Rovig. I think on Saturday, and he's not hinted in this in any way, but I think that he's just going to roll with Troy Anderson at quarterback for Montana State. I think he wants this victory. I think it doesn't really. It could, but it doesn't guarantee a change in their playoff position. But I know that four wins in a row, it'd be the first time it happened in our lifetimes that the Cats won four in a row. First time since like the Yeah, 75. it's been like 70s, I think. Yeah. Yeah. If he could get that, like that, there's so much value for him as a coach. So I think he goes all out and gives the Cats the best chance to win. The best chance they have to win is just running it down the Grizz's throats with Troy Anderson at quarterback and Afonso at running back. I, I really, really oh. believe that. Yeah, and I think uh, you know that these guys have something up their sleeves for this game. Yeah. They have something that they've seen all season. They, have nothing they know to how lose. big this they is. They have nothing to lose. They, they nothing. don't need You're to right. lose. You're right, and that's one huge thing. You're right. Uh, the the there was a it was a funny not a funny but there's an interesting poll that Sean Rainey I think put up on his Twitter and it was, would you rather win Cat Grizz or lose Cat Grizz? And be okay. It was would you rather win Cat Grizz but lose in the first round of the playoffs in the next weekend, or lose Cat Grizz and be guaranteed to make at least the semifinals? God, it's so if that was happening this year, and you got you got a genie out of a magic lamp, and he gave you those those options. Which one are you taking? I think on a year by year basis, you have to go with winning. At Cat Grizz. And he was smart not to say national championship or Cat Grizz. Correct. Because that's a different story. I will take a national championship 100 times out of 100. But just proceeding in the playoffs, I don't care. But you get to the semifinals. So I don't, you do reach the semifinals. I don't care. If they lose so you're gonna or take win the, the semifinals but don't get a championship, I will take the Cat Grizz victory for sure. Are you, are that's you a different? Good, that's a good way to talk about it. The way I voted for it, I would, I would say I'd rather lose this year. And this is, I, I'm taking it year by year. If you would have asked me this three years ago when cats didn't have a three game winning streak, I say win Cat Grizz. I do this year. And I, and I say this in all seriousness. So three wins, I would take this three wins in a row in Cat Grizz. I would take losing Cat Grizz and getting to the semifinals with a chance to play for the national championship this year. Yeah. That's where I'm going. Oh, my God. I just... It's such a good question. I, it's such a hard question, I so think. hold on. We, I mean, I know how much emotion there is in this Cat Grizz game. Well, I get how huge emotion, it is. I mean, a lot I, of personal yeah. humiliation. And we didn't even talk about this before we got on the pod. This is this is company business, company meeting. All right. Two years. Yeah. The bet we made going into Cat Grizz was that the loser had to sing the lyrics to whatever 
the opposing team's fight song was. Okay. Well, they'd have to sing the opposing team's fight song. That is continuing on this year, right? Yes, and you got to re reuse years for two years. If it happens, you're redoing the Montana State fight song. I'll sing we it with you. New yeah, 2019. Oh, I will not sing it with you. No, you'll you can do. You you'll can, sing it for me. Yeah, I will sing it for you at your feet. Perfect. Okay, so we have Deal. that bet. Yes, we do. Okay. Let me ask you about a couple other bets because you seem pretty confident about the game. And I feel pretty confident about the game. So let's kind of put some lines down in the sand. The Grizz win the game. You, for the rest of the night, and the game will be over by 3.30 p.m. Mountain time. Yeah. You have to wear a Grizz shirt the rest of the day. Hmm. And I'm willing to do the reciprocal, of course. Oh, you're willing to wear the Montana State shirt at home. (laughs) But I will bring you a a Grizz shirt. I'll bring multiple Grizz shirts to Bozeman. If the Grizz win, you wear one of them after the game. I'll hold it during the game, after the game, until we part for the day. And I will do the same for the game. I'll do it. Okay? Deal. All right. Cat Grizz shirt. Done. I have so many gray shirts, you're not going to know what to do. Let me ask you this. Bet two. How confident are you, Hot Take Nate? Bet three. We go to whatever bar after the game, probably Prospectors, based on your recommendation. Um, Spectators? Spectators. Go there. First round, not only for me and you, so Grizz win. Not only for me and you, but every Montana Mint Sports fan, Grizz fan, Pod fan, Big Sky Big Takes fan that is at the bar that identifies us, that rounds on you. And if the Bobcats happen to win, that rounds on me. Do you take that bet? Deal. Deal. Yep, I take it. All right. So, just going into it, Nate and I made two bets going into the year. I took Grizz over six and a half wins. They hit that in like mid-October. Nate took Cats over seven and a half wins. He hit that last weekend. Huge win for him. Going into this weekend, we have our standing bet, singing the lyrics to a song, the fight song of the opposing team. I've done that the past two years. I will re-record those lyrics if the Cats win. Nate will record them for the first time if the Grizz win. The other two bets we have, drinks on the loser, for everybody who's affiliated with Montana Mint Sports, friend or foe that comes to the bar right afterwards. Uh, and also the loser has to wear the opposing team's gear for the rest of the night, probably starting at like 3.30-ish, lasting for the rest of the night. Does that sound fair? Sounds great. I can't wait, man. I really can't wait. I can't wait to see you. I'm going to give you such a big hug when I see you. It's going to be a big old bear hug. Oh, that's man. for sure. Do we have No, to- it's going to be – I'm excited. What's that? Do we have to talk about anything else? What else is on the agenda? All I feel like I'm just screaming over and over again. I'm so excited, and this is such a big game. No, I think uh, you know. I think it speaks for itself. And you get into these situations where you're super excited about something, and uh, you can't keep all your thoughts in the same spot. And I totally get that because I'm the same way. I'm just so excited. You know, it's going to be hard to get to sleep starting. I mean, it's been hard to sleep since Sunday. I'm so excited, but now. You know, it's it's Wednesday night. You have Thursday, which is basically the start of the weekend. You have Friday night in Bozeman with everybody. You wake up. You're going to get some pops in you. We're going to have a game at noon. It's so exciting, and uh, I just can't wait. Yeah, can't wait. Um, we'll we'll recap kind of the Osweiler watch, Houston's watch, everyone else's watch uh, when we come back after Kacker is. But, dude, I I'm so excited to see you. I am as well, and we will see everybody uh, downtown on Friday night in Bozeman. Hell Come yeah. find us, and uh, especially for the happy hour before, you know, in the late afternoon, early evening hours. Yeah, check it. Check our Twitter, 5 p.m. somewhere downtown. Uh, hopefully, happy hour prices. Otherwise, drinks are on hot technate. But God, man, I can't wait to see you. Can't wait. And so I think with that, one of our shorter pods of the year. But you know, short and sweet, and just get ready for Saturday. Hi, man. All right, we love you all, and we'll see you in Bozeman. Go Cats!